want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want it all. Said I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. I'm coming to get it. Don't care what you heard. Don't care what you heard. I'm taking it all. Cause I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. It's the best in the game. Best in the biz. About that time, and you know what it is. Coming from Brooklyn, bringing that truth. Never gonna lie. Never gonna lose. Always on top. Keeping it steady. He'll make you tap out, or you won't be ready. He got the suplex breaking your back. Now everyone in the world gonna listen to Taz. All right, what's up? What's up, everybody? Hello. Yes. Welcome to the Taz Show. I hope you're all good. Um, thank you for downloading this at radio.com on the website or the app, or maybe Apple Podcasts you're downloading this, or Stitcher, Spotify, the Google Play Schnabitz, the Google Play Stores, the Google Play Podcast. I don't even know what it's called, but thank you uh, what you're doing on the Google side of things. It's very much appreciated. So um, I'm going to do a little Taz hole here. All right. I'm going to do a little Taz hole. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. First thing is I want to say uh, the um, you guys probably saw it. I posted on Twitter. Did an old school uh, Taz promo. Towel Jones, Dark Light, FTW belt, real deal, the whole nine. Very rare that I would do this, and I did it. Um, I don't know what got into me, and it was uh, a, kind of a quasi-promotion towards the StarCast 2 event that I'll be uh, doing in Las Vegas with a ton of other uh, current wrestlers and ex-wrestlers and stuff like that and wrestling personalities, you know, so um, uh, the promo was was fun to do. It was weird, and I did do it in one take, and that's a shoot. That's the truth. I did do it in one take, and I'm proud of that, so that's a big deal, so uh, I hadn't done it in a long time. And um, yeah, so and I just wanted to mention on here real, real briefly, nothing more to say about it except it was got a lot of love from a bunch of you all. So on on f- from my Twitter to Facebook to Instagram, you know what I mean. So thank you for all the the kind words on that. So I think it brought a lot of you guys back to when you were all a little younger, right? So it was including me. So it was it was really really cool to do. Um, I never thought I would do that again. Nevertheless, nevertheless, for an appearance, uh, but I just and they didn't ask me to do it. I, Conrad Thompson and and everybody with, that he works with with Starcast and stuff like that. No one asked me to do it. I did it on my own. It wasn't like ah, uh, you know, you're getting paid one money to do that. No, and I just did it just just you know to just for fun. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so I just felt like it was uh it was <laughs> it was apropos. I you know, and then a couple of days later, I started thinking, should I have done that? I don't know. Maybe I should have did. That. <laughs> I started talking to myself like maybe I shouldn't have done that. Was that like did I mark out for myself? I don't know. You were a mark. Maybe I don't know. I did. I don't know. But anyway, it was weird. So um, I just wanted to bring that up real quick. Uh, la 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 la. Yeah. So the tickets. Uh, real. Just got to promote that real quick before I do the task hall because a lot of you guys on Instagram have some great questions, and it's going to be a fun uh fun task hall for sure. Uh, but if you are going to be in Vegas or you're going to go to StarCast or you think you might want to do it or not do it, I'm not going to sit here and hard sell you. The, the event pretty much sells itself. I mean, they, they have so much talent there, wrestlers and, like I said, ex-wrestlers and personalities. Um, just go to StarCast.com, S-T-A-R-R, two R's, C-A-S-T.com. And you can buy the tickets for the meet and greets to see me, uh, if you'd like, and uh, the whatever the... Um, Bracelets, I don't know how it works Going to be doing a live Taz show 
at StarCast in Vegas. Not sure who, there's going to be a guest. We're just not sure who yet. There's different names that we're working out. Um, not a guest of the past. There's going to be a guest of someone who's most probably never been on the Taz show. I'm over here dropping hints. I'm not sure who it's going to be, but I could tell you that it's going to be some, a current wrestler. Let's put it that way. And, and um, you know, someone, I'm pretty sure it's going to be someone who's never been on, the, on my show before. So might actually have more than one guest. Might have a couple of guests on the live Taz show in Las Vegas. And with that, sorry, I'm getting dry already here. With that, um, what do you call it? The show, I don't know if I mentioned this. I probably didn't when Conrad was a guest on the podcast here last episode. Gonna the, the show. So let's say you're not in Vegas, you can't afford to go, or you don't have time to go. It's a big commitment, you know, or you live outside of the United States, or you live on the East Coast, or you just, you know, whatever. It's too much money, whatever the hell the reason is. That's no, that's no problem. But the show, the live Taz show that I do in Vegas will drop as a uh, podcast um, probably early that week. <clears throat> so that's Memorial Day weekend. So probably that Monday or Tuesday. So that should be a uh, Pretty good for you all. So, uh, so I'm gonna do a, a Taz hole here in a second. Uh, but uh, this is early. This is early. I mean, this is early. Early water break. <laughs> Excuse me. Ah, see, Mr. Jones. See, what usually happens is I drink a bunch of water before the pod, and then I get parched throughout. This time, I got parched early going. Within. Five, six minutes. I'm fucking thirsty. It's crazy. Never gets old. Never gets old. <laughs> All right, so anyway, here we go. A little Taz Hall action. So um haven't done a ta- have not done a Taz Hall in a while. So I'm excited to uh, get after it. Uh we'll have no music underneath me. Um, because there was uh not a litany, but there was a good handful of people that basically they they couldn't handle it. They couldn't like they 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 were having breakdowns about this music bed uh, or about music beds in general. Whatever it's it's it's, it's over. There's no more no more music. I'll give you guys what you want because this is what I do because I'm an idiot. All right. Anyway, uh, so um, my Instagram, if you want to give me a follow, is Taz Talk T A Z T A O K. Freddie Yellen, no G at the end. Freddie Yellen. <laughs> Excuse me. When you're in Vegas for Starcast, you gonna be gambling Jones or Loki? Staying uh, in your room, Loki Jones, uh, and he signed it, Freddie, which I think was funny. Because most people on social media they don't sign their shit. Like this guy signed it, Freddie. I thought that was funny. <laughs> he did a little hyphen and said Freddie. That's pretty badass. Freddie considered that stolen. I'm gonna start doing that. That's pretty funny because <laughs> people know your account. They see it says Freddie yelling, Freddie. So I know you're Freddie. You know what I'm saying, Freddie? Now you told me you're Freddie, which I think is great. No, I'm not a big gambler. I am not a big gambler. I mean, I'm not saying I won't go maybe play, you know, the thousand dollar slots or something like that. But um, I'll, you know, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not, you know, I mean, I could sit down and play a hand or two of, of you know, uh, whatever, you know, blackjack. But it's not my thing. It's just not my thing. You know, I mean, uh, maybe shoot a little craps, you know, do a little roulette real Jones. Yeah. Spin the wheel, make the deal, motherfucker. But I don't don't think I'm going to do that. I mean, I I might just roam around, act like a badass with a cigar in my mouth uh, in the casino like I'm a big shot and do nothing. That's probably what I'm going to do. 
uh, during my downtime or go to the gym and train, constantly training. So that could happen. There'll definitely be some cigar smoking uh, somewhere in Nevada while I'm there. I can assure you that. That will happen. <laughs> All right. So, so yeah, no, I'm not going to be, I mean, yeah, I kind of am a, uh, a hermit where I will stay in my room Like that's kind of my thing And um, I just You know I mean it's like when I'm around You people and doing these signings who Whoever shows up You gotta understand I'm the biggest baby face In the world I'm like happy Jack Jones Hey how are you how's everything yeah, High fiving kids you know You know fist pumping the dads You know giving a mom's little hug Hey how are you how's everything going Hi, Your kids are beautiful I'm a big baby face I really am I'm not like heel Jones but then once the event ends, I turn into a douche again. This is what happens. So because um, it's, I appreciate that people spend money to come, you know, say hello to me and have me autograph something or take a photo with you. And also, dude, let's say my gimmick goes to like whatever. Don't hold me to this time. I don't even know what time I'm fucking with the two days I'm doing this shit. <laughs> let's say it's at 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. for the signings and stuff. There's still a line at 2 p.m. I'm not one of these guys. Like, well, that's it. I'm done. Fuck it. No. See you later. Fuck off. That's not my gimmick. I will stay. I'm a I'm a fucking martyr. You understand me? I'm a big martyr, big baby face. Deacon underscore blood. Who is the most unique wrestler you've seen get over with a crowd? Wow. <laughs> that would have to go years back. Um and it's coincident coincidentally enough, it it's it was a massive rivalry in wrestling. Talked about it recently, it's kind of popular lately. I'd have to say Abdullah the Butcher is the first guy. Abdullah the Butcher was one of the most unique competitors you ever seen in your life. <clears throat> just just Googling for those younger fans that don't know who, who he is. Maybe you just watched Dark Side of the Ring and you saw what happened, you know, to sort of you know, learn a little bit about his rivalry with, with the late great Bruiser Brody. And Bruiser Brody's another guy I'd put in there, Deacon on the score blood. Those two guys who got over with the audience, no matter if they were fighting each other <clears throat> or fighting somebody else, they were terrifying competitors. And they just got over, man. Just got over. So when I just read your question, that's the first name was Abby that jumped out, and then Brody. So I hope that answer works for you. If not, I don't know what to tell you, brother. That's all I'm saying. You got a pretty dead, badass name, Deacon underscore blood, too. Underscore Samantha Lee. There's several E's in that. Hey, Taz. My husband and I love your podcast. How did you get started in commentary? So I told this story a whole bunch. People are probably new to my content, which is awesome. I appreciate that, Samantha. <laughs> Excuse me. So... I uh, Again I apologize Like I told you the last couple of pods It's allergy season and I got like this drip shit Going in my nasal passage It just never goes away but soon it will Once the trees stop blooming then I can just Throw my face into my garage door and just be happy So Samantha uh, I got into commentary at, In WWE WWE were the ones that Vince McMahon And Kevin Dunn that uh, felt I should be a commentator I was getting I had some injuries in my in-ring career was slowing down a little bit because I was banged up and um, They were looking for a new commentator because at that time it was just Jerry the King Lawler and Smackdown was very new at that point so Jerry Lawler and JR who are both Hall of Famers now were the raw team and at that time Jerry the King Lawler was also the color commentator doing double duty working with Michael Cole on the newer show called at that time was you know it was newer Smackdown so that's kind of how it started I ended up in um 
it, it, and speaking of Jerry Lawler, that was one of the catalysts to making me a commentator because I was in an angle. I was in a feud with Jerry Lawler. So I, I think I, I remember it was Louisville. I think it was Louisville, Kentucky, and we did something on a SmackDown where I attacked Lawler beforehand, I believe, and I sat in at the announce desk with Michael Cole for a couple of segments. I told the story a whole bunch of times in the past. I was supposed to be there. Like one segment, I believe. And then Jerry Lawler was going to attack me through the audience from behind and like beat me up and then take his chair back. That's kind of how it all started, Samantha. The whole thing was because I was in this feud with Jerry Lawler. But while I was sitting there, they let me sit there alone and I was supposed to. They didn't say, hey, we're going to let, we want to hear you more. Like I didn't know I was really auditioning, but I kind of was. <clears throat> and that's kind of how it all started. Um, and then I was invited to go to, oh, man. It was in Manchester, in the UK, and it was Rebellion. I think it was, I don't remember what year, 2001, 2000, I can't remember what year it was, <clears throat> and call a pay-per-view. Uh, and I was shitting, I was terrified. But they you know, they said, no, Jerry, you know, uh, Jim Ross and you are going to call it, and Jim will get you through the whole thing. And I'm like, shit. Sure enough, JR helped me a lot, and I learned a lot. Someone just tweeted about that uh, a couple of days ago. So, so that's the backstory, Samantha. Hopefully that answers your question, but thank you very much. I appreciate the question. I'm glad you and your husband like my podcast. Awesome. Uh, what do we have here? Isaac O'Brien, 98. Kind of off topic, but are you and Moose going to do more live videos for Taz and the Moose like you guys did before Super Bowl 53, like one for the NBA Finals? Okay, yeah, so Isaac, we, we've been we, we we do them for affiliates We have like hundreds of affiliates That pick up the show on CBS Sports Radio But I think we put them out on social media So you should follow Taz and the Moose on Twitter The actual Twitter account for the show And uh, at times we retweet them from my Retweet them from my account <clears throat> But we've been doing them, bro We've been doing them If, if, if I'm thinking of the ones you're talking about <clears throat> Okay, sorry I'm just coughing like a banshee here Thomas Charles Gentry, best boots to wrestling, cowboy boots, shooter boots, sneakers, kick pads, etc. Hashtag Drybone Jones. That's a, I don't know what that means, but I like I like the way it sounds. Um, Thomas, best boots that I like working in was what I used to train in in a ring, and that's amateur wrestling shoes. Uh, amateur wrestling shoes, which you called shooter boots. So, yeah, that's uh, I used to wear Adidas, and sometimes I'd wear Asics. That's those are the ones I would wear. But as a when, when you guys saw me wrestling, I was wearing professional wrestling boots. So I had um most I had a lot of different pair of wrestling boots. Um, I was never into the cowboy boots in the ring and all that stuff. I I was uh not sneakers, none of that shit. Uh, you know, and I never wore kick pads. I never wore any padding, but. I used the boots. I used to get my boots from a legendary boot maker. I don't know if he's still doing it. I've been out of touch, obviously, and I don't know if the man is still around doing it in Texas. Uh, that's where I used to get my boots made. Um, it has a certain look to them. The toe is like rounded a little bit. Uh, I know Rick Flair used to get his boots from the same guy all the time. His name was Cliff Machias. That's where I used to get my boots. And I used to also get boots from a place in Arkansas called BA Boot. And, um, and I don't know if they're still around either, but I, I used to wear both, but I, I I was wearing the ones from Houston a lot more, the ones that were made in Texas. I had a lot of different pair of black and orange boots. I mean, I could do every kind of configuration you could imagine with black and orange boots, but my favorite ones were black, that had an orange tongue on them, was solid matte black. Those are the ones I wore, and once you get 
a, a tremendous professional wrestling bootmaker that uses the great, great leather. Um, and once those motherfuckers break in with that wedge sole, there is nothing more comfortable. Nothing. I have my all my boots. I have tons of them in storage. <clears throat> and I promise you, I could put any of those boots on, walk around my house for about five minutes, and they'll break back into my foot, my ankle, and my calf. Um, so I know you didn't mention actual traditional wrestling boots, but I feel those are the best things to work in. Um, they're safest for your ankle. Better, you know, you don't slide around the ring too much. You, you you get support on your ankle and your foot. As you guys know, a lot of my career, I wrestled barefoot, which was fun, and I was able to utilize you know a lot of foot speed and my athleticism. But it really beats your feet up bad, like bad. Broke a lot of toes and messed up my heels from bumping your bone in your heel. You know, so it's a little shit show to be honest with you. It's, you know, kind of sucks. Uh, Gambino, two thousand four, RD. Uh, Taz the Moose versus, uh, well, he's saying the Moose versus KFJ. Two out of three uh, matches. Who wins? <laughs> Hashtag we over. That's funny. Hashtag Taz Nation. Hashtag buy hat. Hashtag water break, please. I might take another one shortly. <clears throat> I would say that the Moose would lose that match. I think KFJ, he's very quick. He's sketchy, shifty, uh, shady, and he's he's a kung fu master. So Moose would do the job. Uh, that's basically what happened in that one. I'd, I'd probably, I'd have to pay to see that. I mean, I just think that'd be entertaining as shit. You know what I mean? Really, think about that. Mark Malusa's is fighting KFJ. Oh, Lordy B. Hang on a second. I told you I got this thing going on here. I apologize. Give me a second. <sighs> But I did that water break with Conrad. I shocked myself. Hey, you people that listen to his stuff, all these podcasts he does, all these other cats, he steals water break gimmick. You guys let him know on social media. If he don't shout me out, he's got to shout me out on that. You got to give a homeboy credit. Otherwise, that's a hack alert. We don't want that. We don't need hack alerts. Hack alerts are old school. All right, going to continue with Taz Hall. Sit tight. Be right back. Taz Show, answering your questions. Because I'm a jobber. Be right back. Underscore C word has this question with regards to promos. What's the best way to become a better public speaker and to be able to come up with something to say on the fly? Oh, wow, that's you want the secrets to cut promos, huh? Uh-huh. So, um, a couple things with this if you want to become a better public speaker, let's say. You're trying to do something, uh, maybe a career choice, or maybe you're in college or communications major and you want to get into TV or radio or voiceover work or something. My strong suggestion is to, like anything else, right? Practice, practice, practice. Okay, that's a no-brainer. But how do you practice? Well, okay, especially even if you're trying to get into radio, okay, or just something that's not video, just audio, practice in a mirror, okay, 
that was the key for me. I really got better with promos years ago by practicing in a mirror. I also would practice in my car while I was driving. Okay, now years ago, there was no Bluetooth in the car. There was no, like, you really you couldn't talk on a car phone unless you, would, like, held the phone to your ear. So I was driving around all over the place. Motherfuckers thought this guy's nuts just talking to himself. But really, I was cutting promos. I've done a lot of my best work practicing promos years ago in a rental car all over the country or my own cars or whatever. So I, I feel, for me, like driving relaxes me and while I'm, I was able to just cut promos. And at times you could peek in your, uh, your rearview mirror while you're driving and see how your inflections are on your face if you got a red light or traffic or whatever. So I, it sounds weird, but I used to do that a lot. But in the mirror, in, in a bathroom, in your home or whatever, apartment, whatever, uh, is really a great way. And also now it's so much easier because there's so many different recording devices from your cell phone. You can record yourself so you can hear yourself. Um, obviously different podcasting programs uh, that you could podcast just for yourself to hear how you sound and practice. Just keep practicing. Just keep on practicing. Um, I will say, I really feel that it's a lot harder than people think. And I believe in, there's a massive difference between people who know how to broadcast as opposed to just talking into a microphone. And I'm not just talking about fans that maybe have wrestling podcasts or sports podcasts or, or podcasts about music. I mean, you're entitled to do whatever you want. You don't have to be a broadcaster. I'm not knocking you. I'm just saying I believe there's a big difference. And that's something that's tougher to get accomplished because I had I'd never had. Um, how do I word this? I never went to like a school to learn how to be a broadcaster where there's. Obviously, some universities in the United States are the best at it or broadcasting schools. There's tons of them, you know. Um, You know, most of the guys I work with in radio at at CBS Sports Radio, because we're in in New York, obviously, uh, most of these guys went to Syracuse. You know, producers, the board operators, the broadcasters, you know, because Syracuse is uh, Michael Cole went to Syracuse. Uh, Mike Tarico, those are the football fans know him. Anderson, uh, what's his name? Anderson, uh, the guy from CNN, I'm drawing a blank on his freaking name with the white hair. Damn, I can't remember his name. Cooper? Not Cooper. I don't know, whatever his name. He was a Syracuse guy. Oh, geez, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of Syracuse's known. Syracuse University has one of the best. communication schools within the university called the Newhouse School. I'm over here promoting Syracuse. I'm just saying because I now I've worked with so many people and I still do. Like my broadcast partner on the radio, Mark Belusis, the Moose, he's a Syracuse grad. So <laughs> Mikey B, our producer, he's a Syracuse grad. Uh like I said, I worked with Cole for years. He's a Syracuse grad. Um I've learned a lot by working with Syracuse guys. <laughs> I'm just thinking this as I'm talking on, on, on this podcast. No, but this is the, the point I was getting at here, the underscore C word. When I was in WWE and they wanted to make me a, a, an announcer, they had me train and work a lot in the studio with some of the better producers and other announcers just practicing and teaching me how to be a broadcaster because it's different. Now, you hear guys that were successful, without naming names, guys that are successful professional wrestlers who made a lot of money or had a lot of popularity, and they have a podcast or they're doing something uh, on TV or radio, whatever. I, I don't, I can tell a difference. Like when I listen to, I'll give you an example, if I listen to JR do a podcast, 
I can hear the difference. He's a bona fide, legitimate broadcaster. There's a difference. You know, uh, Jared King Lawler, I could hear a difference. They're broadcasters. I humbly say myself, when you have a broadcasting style, background, and everything, like it's just, it's different. It just comes off different. There's different inflections, there's different timing. And that comes with some training, you know, professional training, and that comes with a lot of experience. So I was thrown into the fire on TV every week. And I also had good coaches at the production studio for WWE years ago in Connecticut. So I learned how to be a broadcaster. I learned how to utilize when and when not to inflect certain words or sentences or sayings and timing and everything. So that's, that's a huge thing. And the more I, you know, more I've done it, the better I got over the years. Right. So now obviously doing daily radio and all the podcasting I've done and the Taz shows live for a few years, every single day, you know, it just gets you better and better and better, better, you know, now, no matter how much, no matter how much experience you get, you get better and better. I've always been too. I'm more, you know, then that's my style just to be me but yet i feel i do bring a broadcasting style even though i have a very heavy brooklynese accent and stuff like that and i butcher the fuck out of the english language on a regular basis but it's still a different broadcasting style except when i'm parched and i can't breathe because my nasal drip is destroying me very good question la 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 billy goat oh look at this guy's name i love this billy the goat jones yes see that's a tad show fam right there uh, any two guys in their prime, what would be? Oh my Jesus! When this is when the reading becomes an issue for me. Take two. Any two guys in their prime, what would be your dream match to call? And your you in your prime versus who in their prime in your dream match to wrestling? Oh, Tupac Jones. I see what we got here. This guy's coming in, Billy Go Jones. What not one but two questions? Ah. Sneaky, shitty man. I understand. Okay, so I don't know. Two wrestlers in their prime, but I want to call that match. <laughs> Bro, I've been blessed to call so many <laughs> great wrestlers matches while they were in their prime. So I, I that when I, I, I kind of did. I humbly say I really have. I, if you want me to think of some old school guys, I, I couldn't even tell you. I mean, yeah, sure. What I've loved to call, um. Okay, it's, maybe this is what you're getting at with me. Would I love to call Ricky Steamboat from WrestleMania uh, against Randy Macho Man Savage? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would have loved to call that match. But I know I've called <laughs> some matches, and I, I don't want to be disrespectful to 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 those those legends, uh, you know. And and I knew knew Ricky well, and 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 I haven't seen him in a long time, and I respect him. Uh, Savage, I didn't know, and and he's a legend, of course. God rest his soul. But I know I've called. S- some matches in WWE and TNA that were, in my opinion, just as good as that match. <laughs> so <clears throat> in WWE, I've had a chance to call a lot of really good matches. You know, you know, uh, Eddie Guerrero in his prime, Kurt Angle in his prime. Um, just right, right off the top of my head, um, you know, Chris Benoit in his prime. Uh, you know, I mean, so I've I've called. There's a there's a bunch. Uh, there's there's a lot of names um, in 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 TNA. You know, calling AJ Styles matches. You know, he's still in his prime. The guy don't don't age. You know, a bunch of guys. I mean, bunch of guys uh, in TNA. So many great workers in that X division. I mean, so many, so many great workers. So yeah, no, I I I I I'd be selling the list short if I went through them. now. Me as a wrestler, if I was in my prime, I, I've said it more than once. I I would love to wrestle Bret Hart. 
uh, while he was in his prime And we were both kind of in our prime at the same time He's a little bit older than me But we never really crossed paths I mean, I met Brett, and, and I've talked about that in the past When I was at one of Terry Funk's <laughs> The legendary Terry Funk's many retirements I was at, in Amarillo, Texas at the Double Cross Ranch in, in, Which was a great honor I was invited there by Terry Along with several other wrestlers uh, Not many, but there was a handful of us there A lot of ECW guys It was me, Candido, and Van Dam and Sabu um, and it was a retirement match A show I should say in Amarillo But I met Bret Hart there And he was working on it And and uh, and we talked a little bit And he gave me some really good advice About if I ever become a champion how to Some things I needed to do outside of the ring And it was great advice uh, from Bret Hart But uh, yeah that's a guy I would love to work with for sure I mean you know I, I think our stars would have worked well together You know um, just off the top of my head You know Bret Hart uh, AJ Styles, I've loved to would have loved to work with. He's just you know different generation than me. Definitely would love to work with AJ uh, for sure. Kenny Omega is another guy I would love to work with. I mean, I you know I couldn't go with these guys now; it'd be physically impossible for me. But yeah, I, I think I would have had some good matches with Omega. It's kind of hard not to. The fucking guy's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, there's tons of great talent working today. I mean, you can go on and on, right? All right, what we got here, Sean Dot. Noonan dot one two three four four five. Okay, forgot the six. Why does WWE bother to bring up NXT town if they're not going to use them? Sanity was seen a handful of times over a year and then broken broken up. EC three is seen but not heard. Nikki Cross buried. Bobby Roode buried. Oscar booked horribly. Why Taz? Big fan. Keep on keeping on. <clears throat> okay, listen, you're not wrong at all. Okay, that's the first thing. You are not wrong one bit. Um, and I agree with you. It, it makes no sense. Why bring people up if you're not going to push them? Why? It's just like in sports. Anybody that has a kid who plays, let's just say, a middle school age boy or girl that's an athlete. Okay, maybe you were an athlete, and then you get a chance to be brought up to the varsity level, or you're a JV boy or girl. You know what I mean? Or you have a boy or girl. And then the first thing a coach says to you is, we're going to play her. We're going to play him. You know, because you don't want the kid to be brought up just to fucking ride pine and sit on the bench. Well, it's the same concept with NXT. You know, why are you going to bring someone up if you're not going to utilize them? Makes no sense. Makes no sense. To me, I'm going to be frank. What it shows me is that Triple H and Vince McMahon are on different pages. That's pretty obvious. I don't think I'm saying something that people don't think. <coughs> you know, it's obvious. Um, uh, the talent you named there, Sean, are all great talents. The Bobby Roode thing, jeez, uh, I, I saw it. I saw it. I mean, with NXT, it was amazing. Great stuff they did with him. And then once they put him in that tag team, I'm like, what the fuck? There's no reason for that. No reason. Oscar, I told you guys. I used to fight with you guys on my show about Oscar. I said once she goes to the main roster Because she can't communicate With English is not her first language Because she's a Japanese girl You know she speaks Japanese That's going to hurt her And it did And it's not her fault It hurt Nakamura too And I told you that would happen I know how Vince does this stuff man I get it (laughs) You know I mean really As far as sanity Listen You know Eric Young is a tremendous worker there's other people, two of them. I mean, but Eric, I'm a big fan. I'm a friend of Eric. I love Eric. Um, totally un- underutilized. Totally. EC3, ridiculous. The, the guy's got it all. He's proven it. 
But just keeping that name EC3, I had a feeling he was doomed because the name is, you know, comes from TNA. Ethan Carter III, which the gimmick was he was Dixie Carter's nephew. Most of you guys know that. Unless you're just a WWE fan and you just know him as EC3, you don't know. Well, now you know. But he got buried bad when they did that. They, they had no reason to do that thing. I told, I ripped it. I got upset. They, they, the thing with uh, Braun Strowman, that would make no sense. For what? For what? You know? It's like, I, I, I think there's a, I, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to say it. There's a power struggle there. There is. <laughs> and, and, the, and the talent are one that are, that are suffering for it. <clears throat> Listen, I, I'm going to say it straight up, okay? I, WWE right now, like, it doesn't seem like the cool place to go work. It don't. Obviously, AEW has got everybody's eye. All the current wrestlers, the the men and women that are in their prime now, you know, that's where they want to go. I would think. Uh, now they can't take everyone. AEW, they they once whatever they whoever their TV partner is, whenever they announce that, we know the rumors. But I'm not going to get into that. Um, I got a feeling. I told you this last time. This thing is going to really cook up. I never thought I'd see it in my lifetime. That someone is going to compete with WWE It's happening already And when the, when the thing first happened They did the press conference in Jacksonville I was like, okay, I, I, I'm in, I'm in It's cool, alright, we'll see And then as it started going more and more And then I started hearing more things I started seeing how they're doing things I started seeing people they're hiring And I'm, I'm like, okay, this is this is. I was a little off, this is more real than I thought But I was a little skeptic, I mean it happens I mean I ain't gonna lie, I mean why wouldn't I be I've seen a lot of companies try to get started Listen You already get people that want to leave WWE left and right So you know You're still gonna make a lot of money in WWE And It's great for the talent Because they have some leverage now You know WWE took all that leverage away Years ago, I I know it (laughs) I was fortunate that I was in ECW while it was going well And WCW was a separate company from WWE And, you know, so I did well moving over to WWE But once WWE took over and bought, you know, WCW and all that shit and, And forget about it It's a complete monopoly And it's been just a dominant monopoly for decades here A couple decades And... You know, obviously you make a lot of money in Japan And a lot of the You get super popular on some of the indies For sure And you can do well, and, and that's what's happening But AEW is changing the game It is And Ring of Honor is, is You know, they're paying people pretty good And they're doing well And MLW is Smaller, I mean they're not paying What the other company is going to pay But you could still Hone your craft, do well, have a TV platform And work for a good little company MLW, you know what I mean? So uh, my point in this is <clears throat> It's right now, if I was a young wrestler I, I mean, I, I'd have to say yo, I, I mean, yeah, WWE is great But man, there's a lot going on there I'm kind of, I'd rather As a young wrestler, wrestle somewhere else right now Seriously I mean, you know Obviously, if, if a young guy or girl gets offered A bunch of money, it's a different story I understand that, but you know uh, J-Z This is J-Y-Z-E-E Underscore 14 What did you think of Cody's promo? Loved it uh, Loved the promo I didn't expect it to be as simplistic as he did Just him with dark lighting With a dark background wearing a suit I thought it had been something different 
um and they put it he put it out on the, the youtube deal there um i gotta tell you i i loved it um the way they're building this thing with dustin and cody is is excellent it's excellent i mean his promo was awesome i i gotta tell you the truth um and and i say this in jo- a joking form i felt like uh, how do i word this i felt <laughs> Someone's got to let Cody know I said this But obviously it's in the joke I felt like a pissant that I was part of The Attitude Era <laughs> Because the promo was so good And basically he's, you know, Cody wants to, His gimmick, he wants to kill the Attitude Era Because that's, you know uh, that, You know, because he's working With his brother, Goldust and, and Dustin Rhodes, whatever And yeah, but I'm just saying like I, It was like, his promo was so strong And there was so many shots that were creatively done towards Triple H um, and towards the WWE. I thought it was spectacular. I mean, good, good for him. He had to do it. He had a fire shot at them, and he did it the right way. Cody did it clever. He did it smart. He did it slick. He did it intelligent. He did it cerebrally, if that is a real word. I was trying to get cerebral in there. You get me. Um, but, you know, I-, I loved it. If you didn't watch it, go check it out um, because it was Cody did a great job on it. Um, and again, that's what I mean. Doing things sometimes simple like that, and it just the black background and and stuff like that, and 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 fade to black when he was done with his promo. It's just, you know, it was done right. So if you want to see it, go. It's um the Twitter. I'm sorry, the Twitter. How am I doing? I can't even speak. The the YouTube is Nightmare Family. That's the thing. Uh, double or nothing. What's it called? Yeah, it's Nightmare Family is his deal, but it's um. It's called AW Wrote to Double or Nothing, episode 14. I believe that's the one it is. But it's Cody's deal. It's called Nightmare Family. That's his uh, YouTube. Um, so check it out on there. And, and it's, it's really, really good. I don't know. It was four minutes, five minutes. That's all it was. That's all it had to be. And it was excellent. And simple storytelling. Didn't expect it to be like that, but I liked it a lot. So, good question, Jay-Z underscore 14. Hopefully, you liked his promo, too. Um, what else we got here? Chef Bota. Uh, hashtag Starcast Jones. That's funny. Uh, do you think WWE can run specials like Saturday Night's main event on Fox when they the deal starts in October and run it live on the West Coast? Yeah, shit, why not? That wouldn't surprise me. I don't, I don't think it would be called Saturday Night's main event. I would assume NBC owns that name <clears throat> or has some kind of Creatives on that name uh, Some intellectual properties involved with WWE Unless WWE owns a straight up I don't think it would call now that I'm thinking, I don't think it would be called Even if NBC was involved I don't think they would call it Saturday Night's Main Event Because it's on Fox you know, uh, But I could see them do something like that I mean I think that'd be a no brainer But it's a, a good observation by you I think that'd work great uh, Jay Portsky do you think the more finishes that more finishes should be protected, or is it the finisher to false finish a staple of modern pro wrestling matches? Um, listen, I, I I get what you're saying. Okay, so false finishes have always been a big part of a professional wrestling match. That's a major part of the crescendo, the climax to the end of the match, the physical storytelling, and to bring the emotions out. That's what a false finish does. You can't prostitute a false finish and use it too much because then it gets played out and it's like, all right. And then the actual finish is anticlimactic. That's the thing you got to be careful of. But I do think that more finishes should be protected. 
I do. I also believe in once someone gets over with their finish, okay, they don't always have to win with their finish. It makes the match feel more realistic if they win without their finish sometimes. It makes people want their finish if they did something different. You know, um, I, I think that I, I'd like to see that. I, I have a regret in my career. That's one, one of my only regrets as the human suplex machine, Taz, and ECW. Whenever I won a match, it, I, geez, I did just about every time was with the choke. Um, there was no another time with Sabu, the FTW belt. I'm trying to remember what happened, the table bump. I can't remember. But the bulk of them were always with the Taz mission. I think in this day and age, people can win with something else as long as their finish is established well. And when you win the championship and you get a chance to win a championship, it's got to be done with your finish. I really believe in that. Big believe in that. But um, the false finish is not a new thing in, in modern pro wrestling. It, it's, unless I'm misunderstanding your question, Jay, but, but it's been around for a long time. You know what I mean? We got in a chair, man. That's my man. Hey, Taz, excited to finally get to meet you at StarCast in Vegas. Yes. Meeting Jones. That's right. Chan man and Taz meet for the first time. We'll have to take a photo together. We will do that. We'll do that with one of these cell phones or some kind of a gimmick. And uh, hopefully you're not taller than me like everybody else because that would suck, but you probably are. My question is, this is from the chairman. Uh, my question is, when guys win the WWE title like Jinder Mahal, uh, do you think WWE should make it a point to utilize them more often after they lose it? And he put in parentheses, now that the WWE champ is on their resume. Thanks, Taz. We love you. All right, Chan. So, and thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Um, there's a part of me that feels like when someone is the champion, a WWE champion, like you use Jinder Mahal's example. Um, and I liked when he was champion. I taught them up a lot. Um, I think that you should Utilize them a little less Once they lose it Just to kind of cool them off a little bit And have them win when you're cooling them off but Just don't put them in a storyline And then it's a kind of a it's, it's, That's a very difficult transition For any script writer For wrestling or booker When someone has a title for a while And now you take the title off them And you don't have a, a big plan for them That sucks and that's what's happened with this guy so you kind of want to cool them off a little bit so people almost forgot and don't have them on TV as much. You know what I mean? That's how I would do it as opposed to utilize them more, Chan. But that's just, you know, my uh, my two cents on it. B.Reese underscore 15. Okay, uh, Taz, how does one grow hashtag Bushy Jones beard like you? Love you, brother. All the way from Fall River, Mass. I've been to Fall River. Uh, by the way, uh, my last name is pronounced Reese. Hashtag Reese Puff Jones. Okay, so thanks for the vernacular lesson, Reese. I said it right the first time, sir, because it was R-E-I-S. I'm, I'm an intellect. I, I know how to read. Uh, but thank you. It's like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, one of my favorite peanut butter cups there are. I love them. I'm off for them. Big time off for them. Mark. So, um, what's your question? Oh, bushy. Yes, the bush. You know, the beard. Yeah, no, you got to keep shaving, bro. You got to you got to become manly, and you got to shave, and, and it takes time. It just takes time. It comes over time. I also use proper oils and grooming oils. I have a team of people that work on my beard. I have a shaver. I have an oiler. I have a conditioner person. I have I have teams of people that work on my face. It takes a lot. It takes a village, as they say. 
It really does. It takes a village. But yeah, just let your hair grow, then shave it. Let the beard grow, and then shave it. Then, you know, more you keep growing it, shaving it, I think that helps the follicles a little bit. I'm a fucking hair doctor now. Uh, P underscore Laurie of 45. Hey, Taz, I was fortunate enough to have met you on a few occasions back in the mid-90s. You were very cool of me to be, uh, to be honest. Uh, one of the most intimidating talents to meet. Uh, thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. I remember you, dude. Uh, do you always have this personality because you are funny as fuck on this pod? Thanks, Paul. He signed to Paul too with a hyphen. That's funny. Um, I, you know, I think back then, Paul, like, you know, I remember you. This was during Eastern Championship Wrestling. That's how way back you're going here, Paul. Um, I was. I think that personality was in me always. It never came out because especially in a locker room, I was so guarded and I was so like protective that I wanted to, you know, because I was undersized compared to a lot of guys. And I, and I, I just wanted to stay tough at all times and, and be a hard ass. Cause that's who I, that's what my mindset was and is still is as I get older, it's not as bad as it was back then, but that's how it was, you know, but uh, you know, the personality I think was coming out more in car drives where people would see that I had a personality that I was driving with. And one of the guys was Heyman and, and he could tell like I was kind of witty and would say shit that was funny. And I had a certain, you know, swagger, New York swagger, fucking asshole attitude. And I think that's kind of was the beginnings of it. But during the whole human suplex machine Taz run, it was kept kind of on a down low. Sometimes you would see once I became ECW champion, it would come out a little bit in some stuff like stuff I did with Jeff Jones, Judge Jeff Jones of Fort Lauderdale with the Cadillac, throwing him in the trunk of the caddy, stuff like that. I was doing little bits like that shit here and there, and you'd see some comedy come out. But, you know, um, yeah, no, I just always, you know, I, I think I always had it. But for early in my career, I was always hiding any kind of humor or jocularity I would have inside of my body. Good question, Paul. Appreciate it. I hope all is well. Billy Saunders underscore, what size boot are you? That would be an 11 and a half. For a non-tall man, I have a big foot. <laughs> yeah, you know it. All right, Carly25, how do you think AW will make wins and lose, losses count? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I, I don't know exactly yet, but I would assume that do some sort of, sort of um, I don't want to say a ranking system. We did that in TNA, if I remember correctly. When I was broadcasting there Something like a ranking system I think would work Just maybe just don't do it confusing And I, I'm assuming No one told me that at AEW I'm just assuming that maybe that that's one way to do it Besides obviously making the championships very Being very revered You know very important But good question So we'll have to see Because the AEW stuff's all, all unknown right now uh, Bison Unbranded Why didn't the Team Taz Dojo continue there For a couple of classes Any future plans for coaching seminars etc Well <laughs> Excuse me You're talking about the finishing school I, I Look I love doing it I did and I was doing the finishing school Before they were doing the Before they were doing the fucking thing in Florida That Triple H has with WWE money uh, the, What do you call it Performance Center I had that and they did that so it was what I had on growth hormone and steroids, basically. It was just gigantic compared to what I did. I did the same concept, you know, where it was a weight room. I had a strength and agility coach, promo class, uh, a ring for training, a mat for wrestling. Uh, we covered every base, you know, and, and talked about nutrition. I had a guy to talk about nutrition, too. That was also the strength guy, a guy named Mike Mitchell. who's was a great guy um, and a genius and just a wizard with, with physique and nutrition and everything. You know, it got to a point, Bison Unbranded, that I just, um, 
I started to, it's going to sound mean and I don't mean it to sound mean because it's not meant that way. I, I didn't have the patience to really, you know, try. And I had great people that came in for the, the, the several times that we did it for a couple of months. The students that came in that were pros, they had five years experience or more. That was part of the deal. But I, it just was hard for me to maybe break some habits. And it doesn't mean that these people weren't talented. They were very talented. But it, it was a lot of that. It just was a little bit more. I thought I'd have more patience with it. I don't have any plans right now to do any training at all. Um, I would love to um, get with some young wrestlers at times and give some advice here and there if I could offer some. Watching a match, I think I bring something to the table, not just as a former trainer and as a former wrestler, but as a broadcaster. Because when you have a broadcasting background, as a color commentator, you see things different. And you kind of know what wrestling promoters and bookers and the big time wants to see. Because when you're a storyteller on the air, you kind of get it, you know. So, I, but I do miss that a, a little bit. I, I, I would assume at some point I'll do something helping some young wrestlers, maybe just give some advice here or there. I, I do miss that part of it. You know, I do. I really do. Um, you know, so, uh, but anyway, uh, look, uh, this has been a great episode. If I don't mind saying so myself, to be honest with you, I thought it was great. I thought I was spectacular to be honest. And you guys are great too. You guys are always great. You guys ask great questions. Taz Hall's kick ass. You know, that. that's it. All right, so about you to be uh, take two. The fuck, can't even speak anymore. Be at you later on in the week again. You know what I mean? All right, look, I'm Taz. You're not. Thanks for downloading or subscribing, guys. I appreciate you. Talk to you soon. Be well.